Welcome to Maximize Your Social, actionable 10-minute advice on how your business can maximize your social media presence. Now, the host of Maximize Your Social, social media author, speaker, consultant, founder of Maximize Social Business, and the soon-to-launch Social Media Center of Excellence, Neil Schaefer. Hey, this is Neil Schaefer. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Social. As promised, I am still here in Boston. I'm actually here in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where I am at the offices of Gaggle Amp. For those of you who are uh, subscribers to Maximize Social Business, hopefully you've heard of Gaggle Amp, because we have a Maximize Social Business gaggle that you should all be members of because you're sharing our great content anyway, and it's a, it's a great platform to use. The primary use of Gaggle Amp, though, although it can be used for brand advocates, is really for employee advocacy. And you you know, I blogged about it. I recently wrote an ebook about it, so you probably heard me talk about it yesterday at the B2B conference, the Marketing Profs Conference, where I spoke with Jason Miller LinkedIn. Half of my presentation on B2B LinkedIn marketing was actually about leveraging the people in your organization with employee advocacy, and I actually showed my Gaggle Amp stats dashboard and how over a, a given 10-day period, I was getting like 1,500 clicks from you know, a group of 150 people, but only 20, 25 are actually active, which just goes to show you don't need anyone and everyone to join your program. Only a few very, very active participants in social that are advocating for your brand. Uh, anyway, I'm meeting Glenn Gaudet and I, uh, I meet him for the first time and I've been a fan of Gagoamp and they've been, I guess you could say a partner of mine for, wow, we've had a relationship for about two years now, right? At least. I, I Yes. <laughs> And so I was sitting here with Glenn, and he's telling me about how he thought of the idea about his platform, this amazing employee advocacy platform, four years ago back in 2010, before any of us were even talking about the subject. And now it's obviously becoming, I won't say mainstream, but it's it's a topic that's being talked about. And even when I spoke on it yesterday to B2B marketers, I didn't get a lot of people asking, well, what is it? I think right. people now understand what it is, and they're really trying to look at the next step. How do we leverage it? Obviously, one of the focuses of my talk was how marketers should be leading B2B organizations vis-a-vis salespeople and setting them up for success and social selling and how employee advocacy can play a big part in that indirectly. But, you know, I just, as I was talking to Glenn, I thought this is great content and I wanted to share with the rest of the podcast listeners. So, Glenn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Neil. It's great to be here and it's great to meet you finally. Put a, put a face to a name, right? Exactly, and vice versa. So, I mean, tell me, 2010, and amazing story of how you created the company, and I know some of this is under NDA, so just say what you want publicly. <laughs> but, you know, tell me, how did you get the idea for the platform? And how did you sort of foresee this future where employee advocacy becomes more and more mainstream? Sure. I, I was actually, my background is as a chief marketing officer, and I was, I was in an interview at a company, a tech company in the Boston area, to essentially become their chief marketing officer. And I won't name names, but it was a really interesting conversation because I was literally in the, the, the corner office of the CEO. And they were a company that competed against Cisco. And Cisco, at the time, was and, and still is, right. a, a, a juggernaut when it comes to marketing. When it comes, even at that point in 2010, they were leveraging social media very extensively. Right. And this other company that I was interviewing with really didn't do much in marketing. And, you know, and particularly with social media, it was pretty much non-existent for them. So here we were in a conversation. He was asking me, how do, you know, how do we compete against somebody like Cisco? They're very well established. And, you know, we were free-forming and I was just, we were coming up with ideas. And one of the things that I mentioned to him is I said, well, you know, have you thought about 
leveraging your employees because we've got, you know, how many how many employees here? Thousand employees, right? And some amount of them have social media as as part of what they do personally. Maybe not professionally, but chances are a fair amount of them probably have a LinkedIn presence. A fair amount of them probably have Twitter. Why don't we tap into that? Because now we've got a thousand people rather than just a single Twitter account or a single uh, LinkedIn page that we can tap into. So, like the idea, but didn't know how many employees might have any of this. And I remember going home that day. And I said, well, I better go find the product that can do that because if they hire me, now I need to actually have to do this. And I went home that night, and to my surprise, I could not find anything. There was, there was no conversation about it taking place. There was certainly no product or technology that you might be able to leverage. I mean, yes, you could probably go out and get, get a, like a survey monkey, which was available at the time, figure out how many people had social media accounts, and then maybe send out some emails and, and all this. And I'm thinking, well, this is, this is way too complicated. And then the more complicated it is, the less likely we are to get people to share the content for the company. Right. And then from that was really the idea of having a platform that was designed to do this in a way that it was super easy for the employee to share the content, yet maintain their privacy and provide rich tracking information for the company and to balance all those different pieces. And that's where the idea of Gagalamp came from. And so instead of joining the company as the CMO, I, I started Gagalamp. Amazing story. And you've really, as a user of your product, you've really been able to balance those three things in a, in a brilliant way. I was thinking of just a number of different questions I could ask you. But <laughs> it's really amazing that you had that vision at the time when companies still don't even have that vision yet. And those that do have the vision are still trying to implement it. I think one of the things that separates Gagwimp, and I'm glad to hear that you have a marketing background, because I see a lot of technology companies and social media that are started by engineers and technology mm. people who don't really get social media. Right. And so you get dashboards and analytics that don't really mean anything where you started from a marketing perspective and realized that there was a need for this type of product. It wasn't a technology searching for a market. It was right. it was a product created for a market, which yes. you know I think has led to your success. Yeah. So tell me, so you started in 2010 and obviously it, it's taken time for the market to catch up in essence and it's obviously catching up and you're profitable now. And how have you seen the market evolve over the last four years? Well, that's been really interesting. At first, we saw this adoption of social media within the enterprise itself. So we, we go after companies that have a dedicated social media marketing resource. You know, whether that's a full-time, hopefully it's a full-time now. But, but when we first started the company, there weren't as many companies that had that dedicated person or persons within the company. And what we saw is we saw this trend where it seems like almost every six months, the amount of social media titles out there was doubling. Mm -hmm. And so we saw that first adoption of social media. And, and you probably remember this, Neil. You know, the first thing companies would do back in 2010, 2011, let's go hire somebody right out of school because they understand Facebook. Right. Right? And what, what was lacking in that was the understanding of how social media fits into the broader marketing mix. 
And now what we're seeing is we're seeing social media professionals who truly are coming out of that understanding of the marketing mix right. rather than somebody who's just often off on their own doing social media. And, and frankly, that plays into the kinds of customers we want to talk to because they understand the value of social media. Because if you don't understand the value of social media, why would you want to amplify it? Right. Because that's what our platform does. It amplifies what you're already doing. And if you're already doing nothing, <laughs> you multiply that times zero, you still get nothing. Right. So we want people who really understand social and want to take it to the next level. And we've seen that grow significantly. Now, do I, do I think that it has grown? Yes. Do I think it still has room to grow? Absolutely. But the, the amount of growth that we've seen over the past few years has been absolutely amazing. And our customer base justifies that. Just go to our website and you can see customers actually posting content to Gaggles right right in the platform now and it's it's pretty amazing to see the kinds of companies that are using this today they're they're amazing and and they're passionate too and they, they tell us what they like about it they tell us you know if, if we need to add things and it's, it's been really an amazing experience and and I've been I've been involved in technology as you have Neil for for quite a while now I just to see the level of affinity that our customers have for it has just been really, really validating for us. But we're not holding back. We're, we're still innovating. Right. No, that's excellent. And if you think of, you know, 94% of companies that have over 100 employees are already using social media for marketing, at some point, they're going to they're gonna try to figure out, well, what else can we do? Right. Um, and, and it's funny because I have a similar perspective. Those that hire me to speak or consult are also those that already see the value in social. You have to get to a certain level yes. in order to get to that next level. That's right. And I really see the whole employee advocacy. It, it, it's almost like when I presented yesterday at Marketing Profits, it's almost like icing on the cake because you're already doing these branded activities anyway. It's just this extra, I won't say marketing automation because it's not. There's work that has to go into mm -hmm. getting people to sign up and actually listen to what they want to post, tweak your messaging and, and encourage them and, and gamify or whatever you do. But it, it really is, it really does allow companies to scale their amplification yes. in an organic way. That is just very, very different than anything else out there. So, uh, you know, it's a really exciting thing. And I think once companies get it, they're not going to let go of it. They're going to try to figure out how to maximize it. I'm sure you've seen that with your customers as well, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. But, but there's a trap that some can fall into, and that is that they think that all of their employees are going to be social media managers. Mm -hmm. They're going to have these complex dashboards, and they're going to be figuring out what they're going to say. And, and that's just not the case. The rank-and-file employee just wants you to make it really super easy for them to either share it or say no thanks. And that's the beauty of what we do, is we don't overcomplicate it. Right. You know, we don't have this expectation that everyone's going to be a marketing person with this dashboard that's going to tell them everything about social and look for everything. And, and for some people, you need that, right? Yeah. For, for, for your marketing team, that's really, really, there's some powerful tools that do that. And, and we partner with some of them. But for the rank-and-file employee, just keep it really easy and watch the magic happen. I mean, that's, that's the power of this. So, Glenn, yesterday, uh, as I was finished 
presenting, I got an interesting question. And, you know, as I was saying and telling marketers in the room or, you know, whether they're PR professionals or communications professionals, someone internally has to take the lead on employee advocacy. You're not going to go, you're not going to see CEOs saying, hey, we need to create a program right away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I was encouraging those in the audience to really take the internal lead. Now, there are some that are already doing it, but, you know, they get a lot of kickback, a lot of pushback from other executives, from business owners, what have you. One of the pushbacks was, well, we get our employees more active in social. And I also got into the uh, the aspect of sort of optimizing LinkedIn profiles and what have you for B2B salespeople, for social selling. Yeah. And the pushback was, well, you know, they start looking like thought leaders. They're posting great content. They have optimized profiles. And then recruiters contact them and they go to other companies. And, you know, how do you prevent that? And I said, look, that's more of a cultural problem. Right. Then, you know, that's going to happen anyway. Right. And I talk about, you know, companies like Oracle where they're actually training their employees to have better personal branding. And they see them as employees for life. They yeah. may they may go tomorrow, but, you know, one year later, they may be buying from Oracle. They may mm-hmm. be a partner with Oracle yeah. and what have you. So I'm just interested to hear from your customers what are, you know, the two or three biggest pushbacks they get internally and how do you recommend that they overcome them? For those that are listening to this that might also be, you know, in the same situation. I think that... The, the the biggest one that pops up is a certain expectation, and this this is why we do a, a free trial. We want you to actually use it, and as part of the free trial, we want you to invite various stakeholders that are employees. So it might be some people from the sales department, some people from marketing, some people from finance, whoever it is that you're thinking about that could be part of this group of people that could help share your content, we want you to get the feedback from them. Because your expectations of what they want are probably going to be different. And so with uh, by going through the trial, you not only get the results in terms of the amplification, but you're going to get the feedback from those other stakeholder types within your organization. And that's the power of just allowing people to give you that feedback. So the, so the big thing that comes up for me with, with any prospective customer is don't always assume and this this is like marketing 101 right and that's a cultural issue too a lot of marketers aren't even looking at the feedback they just want to push it out as they're used to doing that's right that's (laughs) right so they have a they have a mindset of what you know social media should be at for an individual which a lot of times aligns to what their job is and what they have to remember is the job of the rank and file people elsewhere like a great example would be the salesperson right the salesperson probably spends most of their time on LinkedIn doing prospecting, but how often do they actually update their own status within LinkedIn? Not much. <laughs> they don't get paid to do that. <laughs> they don't get paid to do that, exactly. And so when, when, when marketing expects certain things from other types of employees, they oftentimes get disappointed because they're expecting them to do all of this additional work that's not their job. Right. So so we always say get that feedback. You know what? If this fits if this fits within your organization, great. If it doesn't, let's figure that out fast. So you don't waste a lot of time and 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 you know, we can move on as well. So it's it's really powerful to understand what these other roles in the organization do and how really active do they want to be about doing more of the social media marketer's job within the organization. And I see an interesting analogy here. And and the analogy is yesterday I got asked about publishing on LinkedIn. 
and should I just, you know, copy and paste my LinkedIn, my, you know, blog post on LinkedIn? And I said, look, if you have a company and you have a blog, it is attracting a certain readership that already is in your industry, understands your product, what have you. The value of publishing on LinkedIn is that you reach a broader audience. So obviously you're going to be retuning that message. Yeah. So in employee advocacy, the same thing. You know, the stat that shows, you know, the Dell and the Cisco stats that show the overlap between, you know, your uh, employees network and your corporate network, it, the overlap is only between 2 and 8%. Right. According to, so in other words, you're reaching now between 92 to 98% new audience that have a different expectation of, of content. They may not know about your company or industry. And therefore, it's going to be natural that you're going to have to retune the message. The same messages that you're using for your own branded accounts are just not going to be nearly as effective. Absolutely. Right? And I don't think people are taking it that next step. They see, wow, that's great. I get access to a bigger audience without realizing, well, if you want to make it effective, you obviously have to change it because it's a different audience. Right. Let me take uh, the blog post title right. and I'll throw in the link to the blog post and I'll put that on Twitter. I'll put that on LinkedIn if we have a Facebook page. And what they don't really realize is that the different networks have different amount of real estate and, and frankly different kinds of expectations on the kind of content. So oftentimes I say don't take the title necessarily. I mean you can, but there's probably some great quotes in there that are going to be that much more compelling than what your title is. Take the quote out and use that with the link and see what that see what that pulls in. But there's, there's something else that, that goes on with, with people when, when they think about using content. A lot of times they're seeing things in a certain bubble that the rest of the world doesn't. Let me give you an example. A lot of times you have social media people within an organization. They have a lot of other employees connected on LinkedIn. So that when they do put a piece of content out that other employees are sharing, they see that content quite a bit. Right? And then they go, whoa, wait a minute, this is too much. Right? So they forget about the whole frequency thing, which is actually a good thing, right? Right. But, but what they don't realize is that for people outside the company, they're not seeing it that much because they may own, the person outside the company may be connected to one or two people in the company rather than the 50 that they're connected to. Do you, do you see that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, that just comes down to the mindset of understanding not just how your employees will react with social media, but actually how that looks to the outside world. Because so often we're in this protected bubble where we don't see things the same way that people outside the company will see it. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, it, from a, a purist perspective, in, in an ideal world, you're going to be revoicing your content for any given social network because every community is different. Right. Some use hashtags more than others, some are more visual, what have you. And employee advocacy is similar in that we need to completely retune what we're saying because of this, you know, this new network, the friends or people in the network of our employees. Right. Maybe you can share the experience. When I worked in tech, I couldn't describe what my company did to my friends. Right. They, they have no clue. What the heck is I? PTV, what is embedded software? What is embedded operating system, yes. right? Yep. Uh, and, and therefore, you can't expect that my friends, if you wanted to wanted me to share a message to the company, that they would have any clue about that, right? right? Yeah. But if it was to say, hey, have you ever thought about you know the software that goes into a television and how it's different than a computer? Right. Maybe it's a little bit different, right? Right. So, and that might be a really appropriate message for Facebook 
Whereas for LinkedIn, you, you may want to get a little technical because right. that's who the contacts are on LinkedIn more likely, right? Exactly. So, I, you know, right now I'm sure most of your clients, obviously there's still a huge potential for new clients that will sure. be signing up. And, and then once they sign up, there's probably this learning curve. And we're probably, we're probably talking about the end of that learning curve, right? right? So on that note, I try to keep my podcast really short, like 10 minutes. And I want to talk to you about all those things that, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, we probably publicly shouldn't talk about, but a lot of companies, a lot of people listening that haven't really put their foot in the water or maybe they're using other platforms, just, you know, give a one-minute spiel on uh, GaggleAmp and sort of describe it and how people can find out more about uh, your platform. Absolutely. So what GaggleAmp does, it allows you to take the social media marketing activities that you're already doing today and amplify that by leveraging your employees or, frankly, other stakeholders. So other stakeholders might be channel partners, resellers, even customers. And Gagalant makes it easy for them to now be part of your online marketing activities in a, in a safe environment in which their privacy is still protected, yet the company still gets a lot of this uh, analytical data to know what messages are effective, what messages aren't. There's, there's a feedback mechanism so that you get better at the messaging that you're doing, which is really powerful as well. So if you want to try it, I, and I suggest that you try it, I mean, come try it for free. You get seven days, no charge. Just go to gagglelamp.com. That's G-A-G-G-L-E-A-M-P.com. And uh, click the Try for Free button and see if it's right for your organization. You know, we have, we have customers that range from, you know, on the B2C side, PepsiCo is a big customer of ours. On the, I'm sorry, on the B2C side. And then on the B2B side, we have customers like CA and Infor and Brocade and just very large uh, companies that are really taking advantage of their employees and other stakeholders such as channel partners to amplify their social. Well, that's excellent. Once again, that's gackleamp.com. And if you, well, you should be subscribing to Maximize Social Business, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, but we also have a gaggle. Sometimes you'll see uh, widgets on our website. We promote it in our newsletter, sometimes in tweets. And just as Glenn said, you know, I originally began that gaggle for our contributors that are, we have about 20 plus unique contributors. But when I open it up to the public, it's been amazing how many of our fans who are sharing our content decided to join anyway. Mm -hmm. And although right now it's about 150 members, I've been deleting inactive members. We probably had a few hundred sign up. So once you make it public and you find people that are already sharing your brand's messages and you invite them in and you also respect them and say, hey, how can we help you? And I try my best to those that are very actively sharing our messages to share their messages because we're part of the same team, right? Absolutely. So it's, it's a great experience. Definitely check it out. And if you want to know what it's like to be part of a gaggle, definitely join our gaggle. And I'm going to wrap up here from Cambridge, Massachusetts tonight. I'm flying back to the OC. Don't know where I'll be podcasting from next week. But until then, wherever you are in the world, make it a great social day. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Maximize Your Social. We appreciate your iTunes subscriptions, ratings, and comments. If you would like to appear on this show or recommend content, please contact Neil Schaefer at neil at maximizeyoursocial.com. Please also make sure to check out Neil's new community, the Social Media Center of Excellence, at socialmediacoe.com. Thanks again, and make it a social day.